My name is DJ Buddy Boy. My name is MC BFF. Welcome to a very amicable edition of the show entitled... Hello, old chum. Hello. Hello. It's a friendship show. It's a show all about friendship. Chums only. Platonic. Strictly platonic. Yes. Although we do occasionally stray into the grey area of romance. Well, you might. Or should that be the pink area? Uh, yes, we have a show entirely about that. It's a lovely, lovely warm subject. And amongst all that, though, we do, of course, have MC BFF and his unnecessary news. That's right. This week, was it hard for you to memorise all the legal terminology? We are going to get underway by playing a truly terrifyingly sinister piece of music. Children, come into the room. <laughs> why, why are singing children so uh, so sinister? I don't know. I think it's an, the antique quality. <laughs> as well. they, go, they go off yeah. when, they're, when they're from the olden days. That's right. It was do. a simpler time back yes. then when people didn't seem to notice that children were creepy. That's right. And this is very much the thing of its uh, era, I think. This is recorded in 1961 by uh, duo Elaine and Derek. Uh, this is Elaine and Derek Thompson, twins. Derek Thompson, I'm sure some of us might know, has spent the last 30 or more years as one of the main characters in BBC uh, soap opera Casualty, <laughs> oddly enough. But before that, he had a, a brief career as a child singing star. And uh, in 1961, they recorded this album of uh, mostly Christian songs. It gets more creepy by the turn, dear listener. So this is Elaine and Derek with There's a Friend for Little Children. Oh, 
saccharine string sound there of <laughs> Elaine and Derek. Well, I'm sure it wasn't them doing the doing the saccharine strings. They were doing the uh, haunting, I think, if you were being generous. Haunting song there. There's a friend for little children. And they mean Jesus. They do, yes. This is right, back yeah. before. I mean, if Jesus was around now, he'd have to get one of those DBS disclosure, <laughs> whatever they are, barring and disclosure things, wouldn't he? He'd have to go around the police. <laughs> That's right. And they'd look right. at him. And they'd go, you look like a filthy hippie. <laughs> so no, you can't spend any time with children. So that would be the end of that. This album wouldn't have got recorded. Luckily, back in 1961, anybody could could talk to children. That's right. Now you need a, But here's the thing. Serious, in all seriousness, now you need a special certificate to talk to children. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You might get arrested otherwise. That's terrible. I mean, <laughs> if you ever walk past a school, you need to close your eyes. <laughs> just in case you accidentally lock eyes with an adolescent. <laughs> Do you think this is actually part of a kind of child conspiracy? They're actually going to, they're planning to take over. They're trying to take over. You watch them, they're going to grow up and they're going to take over. Mark my words. And look, and Derek did take over, didn't he? He took over casualty. He's been there hovering yes. in casualty. He has, for far too long, frankly. Probably for the drugs. <laughs> I know your game. Well, so that was sort of creepy. And uh, now... We'll, we'll move to something slightly less creepy. It starts mm. with an amazing kind oh, of, yeah. um, what is it, xylophone or glockenspiel? A bit of a xylophone glissando. It reminded me a bit of Esquivel, actually. This will ring an oh. Esquivel bell. High praise indeed. So this is <laughs> Teresa Brewer with Chain of Friendship. In your chain of friendship, let me be a link. In your chain of friendship, Dreamland, let me 
the palate cleansing perkiness there of the lovely Teresa Brewer. We've not done think we've actually played um, Ms. Brewer on the show before. Oh, she's classing the joint up a bit. She, <laughs> she is a bit, yes. She was recording, I think, from the late 40s, actually well into the 80s, I think. She actually recorded, oddly enough, an album, I think, in 1982, Three Not Lights, Project 3 of Super Ping Pong Stereo label. But uh, that, as I say, that was uh, from 1961 and was called Chain of Friendship from the album Heavenly Lover. Apparently she's recorded over 600 songs. And we may get to hear some of them on the show. Mm. You're listening to Project Moonbase. If you want to find out more about the show, everything you could possibly want to know and lots more can be found at projectmoonbase.com. And if you want to communicate with us, one of the most uh, popular ways of doing that at the moment is Twitter, twitter.com slash projectmoonbase. That's right. Send us your thoughts. Tell us what you are thinking about the show. And if you can help us by publicising the show, retweeting things we retweet, our wisdom... And uh, retweeting retweeting your own comments about the show, we'd be very grateful for that. Also, we are on Facebook, so you can friend us on that or whatever it is, follow us or whatever it is people do. Like us. Like it's quite us. A needy, it's quite a needy social it media is, platform. isn't it? Oh, like us, like us. <laughs> I don't need you to like us. <laughs> they should have a tolerate. <laughs> tolerate you, but... That's right, yes. Let's not, let's not over-egg the situation. No. I know this is about friendship. This whole show, but let's not push it. <laughs> but we are, listeners, we are your internet friends. Can you hear the uh, quotation marks? We are your internet friends. <laughs> Virtual friends. Don't, yeah, so there we go. So that's good. I was uh, delighted to discover, I'm selecting tracks for the show, this next tune, which is a uh, pastiche of very well-known uh, American, uh, well, almost anthem, I might say. <laughs> You'll recognise it as soon as it kicks in. I initially discovered it on a slightly saccharine Fisher-Price album, but I decided to go back to the source, as we often like to hear it on Project Moonbase. I think it was for many years in the 60s used as the outro music on uh, Mitch Miller's uh, Sing Along With Mitch, but it was originally recorded in 1955 by song satirists Homer and Jethro. They recorded the song as Crazy Mixed Up Song, but it's also known as Be Kind To Your Web-Footed Friends. Ocean, not a streetcar was in sight. The sun was shining brightly in the middle of the night. A barefoot boy with shoes on stood there sitting in a tree. And when I put my glasses on, I heard this melody Be kind to your web footed friends. Her a duck may be somebody's mother. Be kind to the denizen of the swamp. He's a daily through and through. When the rain began to snow The cows all started crowing Cause the time had come to go This crazy mixed up guy Was swimming all around the lawn Looking for the ending Of this crazy mixed up song Be kind to your web-footed friends For a duck may be somebody's mother Be kind to the denizen of the swamp He's a daily through and through Not on the ocean. 
ocean as he slowly rushed away. He thought it was tomorrow cause it wasn't yesterday. And now he lives in Tennessee beside the pyramids. Raising lots of nanny goats with crazy mixed up kids. Be kind to your web-footed friends. Bird duck may be somebody's mother. Be kind to the denizen of the swamp. He's a dentist through and through. You may think that this is the end. Well, it's... Homer and Jethro there with their crazy mixed up song. I'm amazed they didn't end up in, well, I was going to say the tower, but whatever the American equivalent <laughs> of the tower is yes. for, for uh, messing about with Stars and Stripes there. Improving Stars and Stripes. I Improving think. it. Yeah. Apparently they were alive and well into the 70s. They had a long career satirising things, and they also even recorded a parody version of Lennon and McCartney's She Loves You. Mm. It's amazing, isn't it, how people just have these enormous careers. I know. We we're, were always lucky here on the show when bands were popular in the 30s or 40s, but then end up doing Beatles cover. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow. Yeah. So, if you enjoy the show, you can listen to us at projectmoonbase.com or you can go to Stitcher. We're on the Stitcher platform now, which allows you to listen to the show in your car. Wow. In your SUV. <laughs> Or whatever it is. Is that right? That's right. Or your RV as well. Mm. Or whatever other vehicle you have. And we're also on Mixcloud. You can follow us there. We we regularly hit the charts. We were even in the reggae charts at one point. And the heavy metal charts. Oh, yes, we're everywhere. Listeners, help us, follow us, poke us, so we can, you know, let's get in all the charts. <laughs> and, of course, we're on iTunes. And if you go to iTunes, please uh, give us a five-star rating, if you would, if, and a few words. That helps people find the show. And it's important if you can do that, because uh, otherwise we might sink without trace. <laughs> and uh, that would be terrible. It would. Oh. Lost to or human. would it? <laughs> we will be returning with the first of two selections from French Chanteuses on this week's show, dear listener. But first of all, we're going to drink for the enormous cup of unnecessary news. Mechanics fixing a customer's car found it was running slow because a squirrel had stashed its nuts under the bonnet. (laughs) The rodent helped himself to food left for the birds, crawled inside the engine and hid them in the air filter. (laughs) The woman owner had brought her Honda Civic 1.6 in for repairs because it wouldn't go over 40 miles an hour. I thought that was their top speed anyway. Ooh, meow. Mechanic David Evans was baffled at first and ran a whole series of tests before removing the cover from the air filter. It was rammed solid with nuts, he said. <laughs> I've been doing this job for 18 years and I have never seen anything like it. I couldn't believe it. He and colleague Helen Playster spent an hour sucking the nuts out <laughs> with a vacuum cleaner. They collected enough to fill half a supermarket carrier bag. Wow, that's, that's, an odd, a, that's an odd unit of measure, isn't that it? That is a strange unit of measure, and that is a lot of nuts. I can't be certain. It uh, could have been a mouse, but I think it was more likely a squirrel, mm. said Mr. Evans, owner of DPE Autosport in Poole, Keynes, near Kemble in the Cotswolds. The owner was as shocked as we were. She'd been leaving nuts on a bird table in the back garden. So it's, I mean, can mice crawl up a stick on a bird's t- table? Squirrel. Yeah, but they said oh, it might sorry. be a mouse. Um, I, well, yes, I thought maybe that obviously can. That's <laughs> extraordinary. A really athletic mouse. Oh, yes. Or not squirrel. Sure, not quite sure how they get the nuts down again afterwards. Throw them. <laughs> Obviously. 
Don't you know how to break nuts <laughs> without using tools? I mean, it's all right for you. I don't have opposable thumbs. So um, that's how I break my nuts, if I ever see a nut. She'd been leaving nuts on the bird table in the back garden and somebody had been helping himself to them. He'd been getting into the garage where she parked the car and had been climbing right inside the engine bay and squeezing himself into the air filter. <laughs> he kept on doing this until he couldn't get any more in. The elderly woman who owns the car did not wish to make a comment. Clearly fearful of worsening this <laughs> squirrel vendetta. That would be quite a good way to roast your, roast your chestnuts or roast other nuts, wouldn't it? Put some in the engine. It'd be quite, quite a good way, wouldn't you? Why not? You should try that. China builds 57-storey skyscraper in 19 days. A 57-storey skyscraper has been erected in China in only 19 days. This building has um, 19 10-metre-high atriums, 800 apartments, and office space for 4,000 people. The 2 million square foot, or 180,000 square metre building, was constructed using prefabricated modules built at a factory and assembled on site. Still, what did you do over the last 19 days? I made a couple of sandwiches and thought about vacuuming. And apparently there's a time-lapse video of it. If you go to projectmoonbase.com and click the link, you can see the time-lapse video of the Chinese building it. It takes about two minutes. Mm. I imagine it must have involved a significant proportion of the Chinese population, maybe a few million people. I don't think so. No? Start learning Chinese now. <laughs> Someone wrote erotic fiction about Clippy. <laughs> Everyone hated Clippy, Microsoft's animated paperclip, and know-it-all. Well, he's back, and uh, Microsoft brought him back, much to everyone's irritation or disinterest, and um, he's back, and he, apparently he has needs. <laughs> yes, yeah, someone has written erotic fiction about Clippy, a steamy new erotic fan fiction titled Conquered by Clippy. <laughs> Just popped up on Amazon for the low price of $3. <laughs> this 4,000-word short fiction, soon-to-be masterpiece, comes from Leonard Delaney. <laughs> he has also penned such classics as Mother Effing Wizards. <laughs> Taken by Tetris Blocks and Sex Boat. Oh. Here's a brief description. Christy Ackerlund, that's a great choice of name, doesn't need help with anything. So when the world's biggest technology company offers to fly her to a remote location and investigate an alien artifact by herself, she's all like, I'll do it. <laughs> but the artifact isn't what it seems, and soon an overly helpful giant living paperclip is getting her all bent out of shape. No, Clippy, I would not like some help with that! No, Clippy, no! <laughs> but before you drop that to three dollars, please note the warning. This is a short story featuring sexual situations with digital assets. <laughs> Horrifying. It's for adults. We should mention that uh, if you're interested. <laughs> Acquiring well, a copy of this. Or if not. you don't believe it, we will put a link. We will. In the news, you can look yourself. Somebody has made this. Other things you might be interested in, if you like that, you might also be interested in a gronking to remember. <laughs> Part of an ongoing erotic series about gronking, whatever that is. And also, you might be interested in another interesting book here A Billionaire Dinosaur Forced Me. Doesn't say to do what, but I assume it's unsavoury. <laughs> Counting his money? Yeah, how did he make his billions? <laughs> That's what I'd like to know. Ponder that, listeners. Until next time, you have been used. <laughs>
Allosaurus. Thank you, Mrs. Cunningham. Thank you, sir. For those learnings, there'll be more later on in the show. By the left, dear listener, that was a bit of military friendship there. Military style friendship. We're covering all the friendships. Yeah, that was courtesy of the wonderfully named Dodworth Sax Horn Band from an album called Grafula's Favourites. Claudia Grafula turns out to be a Spanish born American composer of mainly kind of marching, martial type music. And uh, we had a bit of an (laughs) example of it there. Well, that was mellow, wasn't it? It was lovely. It was extremely, one might even say a little bit lethargic military friendship then and what on earth is a sax horn we've never heard this previously unheard of music it's a valved brass instrument with a conical bore and deep cup shaped mouthpiece the sound has a characteristic mellow quality there it is <laughs> Just that an explains the mellowness that's right 
I wonder if that's all mellowness. That was Dodsworth's sax horn band. It sounds as if it's 100% sax horns. Mm. Invented, of course, by the inventor of the saxophone, Adolf Sax, as you might guess from the name. <laughs> not as famous. No. Possibly because it's quite long. Mm. I've certainly not heard of it before. We like to bring new experiences to you here on the show, Dennis, every week. Yeah, <laughs> definitely do. And that was great, I thought, mm. bubbling along there. It was, yes. We need to hear more from the Dodworth sax horn. I wonder if they've done a version of Caravan. Well, you know, sometimes the, the thing about brass bands is they're a bit brassy. They are. They're a bit loud. They're in mm. your face. Mm. They're voluminous. Kind they of can wrong. peel the wallpaper a bit, can't they, sometimes? Definitely. You need to be at a fair distance from a brass band <laughs> in order to find it acceptable. Whereas I, I imagine they could just wake you from rest. Yes. You know, you, they would be the ideal alarm clock. <laughs> well, just to employ a sax horn player. Just to, just to sit next to the Probably that whole band. <laughs> Encircle your bed and kind of mellowly bring you uh, out a, of somnambulance. That would be a lovely way to wake, wouldn't it? Just a thought. This next track might be a lovely way to wait too. This is a band we have occasionally featured on the show before. This is uh, Finnish Sensations' Kemialiset Istavet. And uh, the reason for selecting this band was I was reminded when I was <laughs> searching for foreign language tunes about friends that the Finnish for friend is Istave. So this band is Chemical Friends in the English translation. And um, we've, as I say, featured them on the show before. They're generally quite a large ensemble of improvisers, I think, and uh, mostly quite unstructured tunes. But this one is, is one of the most highly structured pieces from their most recent album, which came out last year, called Alas Ratoisa Virta. Apparently means Down the Dancing Power. Whatever that means. I'm not sure we gain anything by translating <laughs> that. But anyway, this is a tune called Hetkinen, which again in translation means... Wait a minute. Thank you. 
snoozy exotic sound there of Arthur Lyman he even works himself up into a bit of a froth at the end of that which is of course his version of with a little help from my friends he never breaks a sweat does he oh no and that's fine that's good and of course he's one of the kings of exotica who are the other ones you made that don't ask <laughs> It's a touchy subject round here. And that particular track was from an album <laughs> called The Winner's Circle, uh, Today's Greatest Hits, or a twofer there with uh, the wonderful Arthur Lyman. And before that, the Chemical Friends, they're with Het Kennen. That was a little techno snoozy, I would say. lovely, yes. A beautiful little gem of music. A little there. bubbly, mm, frothy. Remind, reminded me a little bit of the world of Ghostbox and Bell Ripoli. Yeah. Yes. Perhaps a little bit more um, restrained in some mm, ways. A little yes. bit more thoughtful. I'm not saying that Belbury Polly aren't thoughtful. They're clearly <laughs> drunk most of the time. Let's face it. I just think that... Where are these guys from again? Where are chemical... Finland. It's cold there, isn't it? It is. We actually featured them on uh, a whole show about one... We don't often do this, about one record label. Uh, this would, of course, be projectbeamwest.com slash phonal. There's a show called Finifonal. We had a Finnish special, which dipped mainly into that record label, which they, I think, run themselves... We'll move from the icy, frozen wilderness that is Finland. That's how I like to think of it. <laughs> Everyone just frozen in place. To uh, something a little bit more southerly. Something a little bit more uh, warm. Yes, yeah, so as we mentioned before the news, we've got a couple, actually, of uh, chanteuses on this week's show, starting with uh, Ms. Francoise Aldi. Uh, this comes from a, a series, I think, saying th- these three volumes in this series of called 60s Girls, which collects together basically EPs by lots of the famous Yeah Yeah singers from that era. And uh, on this particular volume, which is volume one, there are a couple of EPs from Francoise Aldi, as I say. And this is a, one of her own uh, compositions, or jointly written with uh, two other people anyway called only friends if we are only friends why do you kiss me like you do if we are only friends why do you haunt me all night through do the words 
Hardy there from the CD 60s Girls Volume 1. She's taking it pretty easy. <laughs> they all were, I think. They? they all were. As you say, it sounds like the entire thing was recorded horizontally, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. I really would be surprised if they were standing up while they were recording that. <laughs> it certainly has that uh, quality to it. It does. It makes me want to... Uh, A little stretch. Anyway, good work. <laughs> Coming up very shortly, dear listener, we'll be having a bit of uh, friendship from behind the Iron Curtain. But before that, we're going to sip on the double soy skinny latte of unnecessary news. Archaeologists unearth centuries-old pretzels in Bavaria. Where else? (laughs) Archaeologists said two pretzels unearthed during a dig on the banks of the Danube in the German city of Regensburg could be more than 300 years old. Could have been dropped by you. (laughs) And are little different to the doughy products available in the state's famous beer halls today. (laughs) A spokesman for the Bavarian Office for Historical Conservation said... The pretzel fragments went on display this week at their museum. Pretzel fragments. Pretzel fragments. <laughs> Crumbs is what we're talking about. He said the pretzels and other baked goods found were badly burned, which is why they survived the centuries. Archaeologists believe they were discarded from a bakery that was once on site. Carbon dating places their creation between 1700 and 1800. It's a fairly broad... That's quite- <laughs> It's not particularly pin accurate, Sometime is it? in a hundred years. <laughs> Taking into account the 15% shrinkage, they said it's a normal pretzel, maybe a little smaller than today. Another lady from the Bavarian Bureau for the Conservation of Pretzels, you know, <laughs> historic monuments, said it was definitely the oldest pretzel ever found. 
She explains some of the history of the popular baked good. The form of the pretzel is supposed to represent the crossed arms of monks. Oh. Uh, eventually, it ended up as a fasting meal, whatever that means. Apparently, the mayor of Regensburg described the discovery as extraordinary. <laughs> Whereas I would describe it as a bit of old burnt pretzel. Yes. I included that because I thought it was one of the most tedious things I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. I mean, think of it like this. If I took a bite out of a pretzel and dropped it on the floor, would they be as excited by that? <laughs> and the only difference is, that one was really, really old and burnt. I mean, would people be like, oh, is that a modern-day pretzel? <laughs> well, was, when you said, you know, archaeologists and pretzels, I was, I was expecting a figure of more like 3,000 or 5,000 years ago, but three... <laughs> In fact, it may even be 200 years ago. Two to Mm. 300 years ago, somebody dropped a pretzel. Right. (laughs) It's not that interesting, is it? It's just like last Tuesday, somebody (laughs) dropped a fruit pastel. (laughs) In Colombia, a mayor says he was sorry for Women's Day event strippers. (laughs) They're male strippers. A Colombian mayor has apologised for hiring two male strippers. See? (laughs) to perform at International Women's Day. <laughs> An event for that. Yes. Sacred Day. Mm. Seems a bit of a mistake, doesn't it? it Somehow does, a bit does. of a misstep. Yes. Alfredo Garcia, mayor of the central town, says he uh, didn't realise the organisers planned to book the strippers when he signed off on the event, so he just wasn't paying attention. No. He'll just sign his name to anything, apparently. Do you think there was some extremely small print down the bottom of the page? Well... There I, will be male strippers. I don't know. It was a big mistake, he said, and inappropriate for Women's Day. Yes, we know. <laughs> I signed the contract, but didn't know what the show consisted of, he's quoted as saying. Not really selling himself, is he? Again, I will just lend my name to it. Somebody, somebody puts a piece of paper down, I just sign my name. I don't know what I'm doing. He said, to be honest, I was completely unaware that the muscular men would dance in their underwear. <laughs> Your Honour. The mayor is now facing complaints from many quarters. Families with children were in attendance at the event in the town square, and one mother tells the website the choice of entertainment was vulgar. Yes. The local ombudsman says the event cost about £3,500. Cash, he said, would have been better spent on the town's pressing social needs. Well, what would be more pressing than watching muscular men gyrate in their underwear? Hmm? It's the top of my list. Answer me that, ombudsman. Uh, according to Mr Garcia, the half-naked dancing didn't last long and not everyone was displeased with the event. Half the town was upset, he said, but the other half was quite happy with the party. Canada urges citizens to stop spocking their $5 bills. Following Leonard Nimoy's death, the Bank of Canada is urging citizens to stop drawing on their $5 bills to make the 7th Canadian Prime Minister, Sir Wilfrid Laurer, look more like Spock. Despite it being an obvious improvement. You can't tell me what to do. Contrary to what many believe, the Bank of Canada said it is not illegal to deface or even mutilate the banknotes, although there are laws that prohibit reproducing both sides of the current bill electronically. Bank spokesman Josiane Menard pointed out the reasons to resist the urge to scribble on the bills. The Bank of Canada feels that writing and marking on banknotes are inappropriate as they are a symbol of our country and a source of national pride. (laughs) So banks have feelings now, do they? Well, what if you have Spock feelings? Spock feelings, trunk bank feelings. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. 
Menard said, disfigured bills may not circulate for as long and risk being rejected by sellers. Yes, no retailer is going to reject a $5 bill that has spot drawn on it. <laughs> I say, it's still legal tender and it's funnier. <laughs> and it's just a good way of weeding out bad retailers with no Spock feelings. I have seen these, uh, the pictures of these uh, Spocked notes and I'd, I'd have to say I'd wondered where the trend started which uh, genius came up with his wheeze and i was kind of wondering with of course canada's most famous actor william shatner william shatner whether it was actually william shatner's idea yeah <laughs> shatner shatnerized these bills and, and then he shatnerized them and nimmerized well i don't know is there a way we can get a bill to look more like william shatner <laughs> canadians why isn't shatner on your bills exactly I think he is behind it as well because he was he was recognising that uh, Leonard Nimoy should be on the Canadian bills just to cheer everyone up. <laughs> you have been used. Nipponosaurus. Thank you, Mrs. Conium. Thank you, sir. For that prosperous selection of news stories, there'll be more on next week's show.
was simply The Friendship. We don't often play uh, anything in Russian. That was from a Russian children's TV series from an album called Songs from Lyubasha. Very jolly. Very jolly. It looks like you can watch a few episodes available on uh, YouTube if you want to watch some of these uh, particular programs but i think the music was quite good they're quite jolly it was quite upbeat i assume it was about something delightful let's just hope although there was a quality about it that made me think is this done by a child or is it like an elderly like a babushka (laughs) and i can just imagine a kind of purportly babushka with the sort of thing of helium (laughs) it was something a bit sinister something not quite right about that but is it are we just at the age where everything seems sinister (laughs) I mean, it can't be that everything coming from Russia is sinister, can it? I mean, obviously there are sinister things about Russia, but it can't be everything. No, I guess not. I'm just going to carry on as if this is just delightful, (laughs) if that's all right with you. Speaking of delightful things, here's another delightful thing from France again this time, too. French ladies. I know. We don't often have that many women in our show, no, do we? Don't, That's no. because we're sexist pigs. We are. I mean, and women should be... No, I can't maintain <laughs> it. I can't even think of anything. It's just, I don't know, what is it? Inadequacy. But anyway, we've got another another delightful yeah, yeah girl here. Perhaps the preeminent one. Ooh, who's the best? Who's the best? <laughs> Let's not turn it into a competition, listeners. Stop that. And another artist we haven't heard from for far too long. This was recorded originally on an EP in 1964. It's called France Gall. And a tune, well, you can get this on various compilations. You can get this on a compilation called Coupe de Son. If you want to buy this or any other track or album, go to projectwingbase.com slash chum. And uh, there'll be links in next week's track. You can yeah, you, we have our uh, show notes for every single episode. Do, yes, yes, like right. Links to everything we mention. That's right. More or less. Pretty much. Um, so, yes, you can get this on a compilation called Coupe de Son, amongst many others. This is Nudipa or Copain or Don't Tell Your Friends. <laughs>
asthmatically parpy sound of uh, the University of Memphis bottom line there from a, an album called Tubers in Love. <laughs> Their rendition of Stand By Me. Mm. Amazing. It was. I just love the sort of low energy mm. beginning, That's right. middle and end <laughs> of uh, that. I love the fact that it actually slows down at the end as well. It's, it's really quite good. <laughs> Some might debate whether that's actually more or less mellow than a sax horn, the most mellow of brass instruments. Mm. But uh, and that was a very mellow bit of tuba there. It certainly they? was. They've actually seemed to have most of their albums available on Bandcamp, which is very nice of them. It's modern. <laughs> it's quite modern as well. Most of the other albums on this show are available on Amazon and iTunes. And if you want to do that, you can go to projectmoonmiss.com and purchase things through the links in our show notes. But if you don't want to buy any of the music, you want to buy, for example, your own tuba mm. or a sax horn yeah. or whatever, a piccolo. Right. If you want it to go high, mm-hmm. you don't want to go bass. Go to projectmoonmiss.com and go to the top right. You'll see our Amazon portal. Dive through there and you can buy all manner of uh, things from Amazon and we okay. will get a tiny kickback because it's like a kind of mafiosi-style cartel. It doesn't cost you any money, <laughs> but we have to hang around with men from Amazon with broken noses and <laughs> receive a brown paper bag full of uh, crumpled notes. That's right. Yeah. So if you could help us with that, that would be uh, that would be great. I have been a DJ buddy boy. Hope we haven't become uncomfortably close. Doing this week's edition of the show, dear listener. I have been MCBFF, and next time I see you, I'm going to give you a hug. <laughs> Uncomfortable man hug. <laughs> Run away. Now, listen, we're going to leave you with a treat. Mm. We're going to bask in the sunshine of Mexico. Oh, yes. With the incomparable ladies of Las Hilgarias, this is quite something. Yes, we did actually do a whole show, the Mothra Twins show, projectmoonbase.com slash Mothra, featuring the uncanny <laughs> tendency, mainly in Spanish-language countries, to have uh, female duos, quite often sisters, singing mm. musically. And that took a long time to put together. And then <laughs> then these, these ladies just jump out of nowhere, don't they? A duet. That's right, extraordinary. There's a Mexican duo called the Hilgarias. And uh, and the fact that they're Mexican means they have this lovely added dimension of some extremely uh, peppy brass on this peppy. next tune. Very lithe and sinuous, bendy brass. <laughs> yes, uh, very much in contrast to the uh, tubers we've just heard. Uh, this is a tune of theirs from their album 15 Exitos, Puras Buenas Deas Hilgarias. Oh, well done. <laughs> from 1970. Uh, which is obviously, if you, I think that's a great hits album, basically. Uh, this is a tune called Adios Amigos, appropriate enough for the end of the show. Uh, but if you want to find out what some of the other, released many, many albums over the years, since the early 90s, by the look of it, and uh, if you run it through the Google Translate uh, service, the Spanish Wikipedia page, which results in some quite entertaining album titles. Oh, I like 45 Years of Success, though. There's <laughs> <laughs> an album title. <laughs> and Flavoured Mexico is quite good as well. <laughs> I was going to go for They Are Already Singing Roosters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like Reinforced Pipe. <laughs> you, listeners, you're in for a treat. This is, this is fantastic stuff. Until next week, dear listener, let's be friends.
Prepare to take your voltmeter down to your local river, as next week on Project Moonbase, we bring you variable currents. Thank you.